0: Episode
1: 2 of Edinburgh's Early Years Podcast. Um, I'm Bex Carter, I'm part of the central team um, who based out of Waverley Court and uh, I am your host for this podcast. First of all, thank you so much to those of you who listened and uh, took the time to give us some feedback after last episode. It's very much appreciated. Uh, if you have anything that you would like us to concentrate on, anything you'd like us to find out more about... Please do tweet or email and um, give us your ideas. This episode, we are going to hear a little bit about the Quality Matters session that happened on the 21st of October and a little bit more about the interactive book reading approach that was um, shared there. We are then going to hear from one of our excellence and equity leads, Lucy, who works at Waterfront Nursery, and she'll be um, telling us a bit about how she is using the literacy tree to share um, learning with families at her setting. We also have a quick chat with Isla Finlayson, who is one of the quality improvement education officers and the central team, and she'll be telling us a bit about the background to the literacy tree, easy to say. And finally, we will hear from Ross Donald Hewitt, who got in touch after the last episode to say that he had some um, practice he would like to share. So I'll let him tell you all about that later on. First off, a quick bit of housekeeping. Um, We shared a few updates at the Quality Matters session. Um, I don't need to go through all of them but there's a couple of important ones that are worth highlighting. First of all, there is the um, Edinburgh Early Years Information Booklet that each each setting across Edinburgh should have. It's an A4 booklet and it has a kind of sage green rectangle on the front. Inside that, there's a lot of very useful information, including a whole host of stuff about locality and cluster contact details. Um, It has... A lot of things to do with our previous graffiti walls there in there so it's a document that can support quality as well um, and it also links to various different clpl and national guidance that's out there so if you don't have a copy in your setting or if you haven't seen it have a good route around if you still can't find it there is an electronic copy on the blog and um, you can go there and what i do is i pop it onto my ipad you can open it in ibooks And then it's just there all the time and you can always find um, whatever you need. It is a really great resource and it is worth looking into um, if you don't already have it. The second thing that I'd like to draw to your attention is The Transition Project. The book that has been chosen for The Transition Project across the city is We're Going on a Bear Hunt by Michael Rosen and Helen Oxenbury. Um, What we are looking for is any high quality resources that you have used to support high quality experiences with your children and um, the group. We'll be meeting in January to collate these resources, we're meeting with EAL and ASL so that we have a really robust set of um, resources that will really support high quality experiences for all of our children, which should hopefully mean that when they come from their ELC setting into their primary one, regardless of where they've been, they have had that shared experience and it gives them just that little bit of security to aid the transition um, if you have any resources, I would be so grateful if you could email them in to the central team just so that we are using tried and tested ones rather than recreating the wheel. Finally, the, um, there was a bit of chat about self-evaluation at um, the updates. And I think it's always key that we come back to this and come back to this because self-evaluation is at the heart of what we do. Any kind of improvements that we go through, anything we start focusing on, we need to make sure that we have a purpose and an aim behind it so that we are not um, taking on too much, actually. I am terrible for that because I get really excited about something, you know, like the dog from Up. I'm like, oh, squirrel, that looks really good. And then I'll start something in there. Oh, over there, that looks really exciting. Um, and so sometimes it's just about reigning that enthusiasm in, um, and making sure that the energies are directed in the right place. <laughs> yes, it's not my strong point, uh, but it is. It's just making sure that we know where we're going and we know what we need to do to get there. So that continuous um, self-evaluation is really key for making sure that we are working for the best outcomes for our kids. <laughs> okay so at the quality matters session we had some input from colleen mcdonald who is a speech and language therapist currently working at canal view as part of the pupil equity funding but she is also doing some work um in partnership with us to make sure that we are um developing the toolbox of things that we can use to support all of our children across the city her input um was really great in terms of breaking down the approach to storytelling that is interactive book reading. Um, It's taken as a whole it's a really structured approach and so there's a bit of a health warning with this and it goes back to that self-evaluation. If you don't feel that your children need the entirety of that structured approach you don't need to do it all. Um, And Colleen herself said this, it's a collection of really excellent practice. So a lot of the things that she was talking about will be happening in your setting already. And it isn't the case that we all have to do interactive book reading. It's just about making sure that it's another another thing that we can have in our toolbox. And if we identify through self-evaluation that that's the approach that would best support our children, we can pull out the toolbox. If not, we can just continue to use then various different parts of the good practice um, that have been collated there. So for me, one of the key points of um, interactive book reading is that opportunity to revisit familiar stories and to explore familiar stories and be able to retell them. So one of the things that Clean was saying is that um, for interactive book reading, you want to be repeating it kind of maybe three, four times a week. And you can have a different focus on each, um, depending on which, how it's being retold. But it is that repetition, it's that security, and that, it's that opportunity for children to join in with the familiar bits um, and to be part of the story. There's um, so much about storytelling that is just gorgeous, and it is that opportunity to coody in and get cozy and really use that downtime as well. Um, and sometimes when we are retelling a story, we can um, question quite a bit. And Colleen had gone into something that I hadn't actually um, had much to do with before, which was blanks questioning. And now blanks questioning is um, a four stage way of understanding different types of questions that go from the really concrete and basic um, questions about what the child can see right in front of them on the picture. more complex abstract questions at level four and with uh, various different um, sequential stages in between. If you're interested in that that's actually a really nice way of making sure that you are providing your children with a kind of challenging experience and making sure that your questions are sitting at the right level, making sure that we are giving our kids things that they can access but also keeping them just at that zone of proximal development so we know that we are um, challenging all of our children appropriately. There's a kind of uh, health one that goes alongside the questioning as well though which is we don't want to be spoiling the story um, and bombarding our children with question after question after question um, so we can plan and carefully think about which um, would be appropriate questions to ask But there is that one to four ratio around about the questioning. So you want to have one question to a ratio of four kind of comments, explanations, um, a commentary alongside that you've given so that our kids are not just feeling like they are in um, some kind of interrogation. Um, There are different ways to approach it. And if it isn't for you, don't worry about it. Just take the aspects that you know will really support your children. We know that our children benefit from repetition, we know that our children benefit from lots of opportunity to hear stories, we know that children benefit from high quality questioning and we know that um, we need to make sure that those questions are at the right level. If you are interested in finding out more, there's some information on the blog or you can Google interactive book reading. Um, Any questions, please do feel free to get in touch um, and If you are doing it, let us know how it's going, or if you think that you've got some good ideas for how your literacy sessions and your um, literacy is woven across your environment, I'd love to hear about it. Hello, so I'm here with Lucy from The Waterfront. She is one of our S-E-Y-I-O's, or our eels as they are known with, As rather. And um, I was just going to ask a couple of things about the literacy tree that you shared at Quality Matters. So can you tell us a little bit about the thinking behind your literacy tree?
2: Um, So um, when we were discussing or sharing the literacy tree with um, the the team, we sort of um, recognised that um, it's a really lovely resource, a nice visual um, representation of the building foundations of of communication literacy. And we recognised that would be a nice... um, nice way to um, re-emphasize the, uh, the need for understanding of the basic principles that are involved in um, developing communication literacy and after thinking that we thought well, why not to share that with, with parents and um, you know, as, as I mentioned before that uh, knowing that we know that our practice and professional learning has a big impact on um, delivering quality um, experiences for children so sharing that good practice with parents um, would ensure that they also have that um, possibility of getting quality experiences at home and we know that linking home with nursery that's the best way of uh, ensuring children's um, progress.
1: Super okay so the whereabouts is it in your nursery?
2: Um, as you walk into the uh, nursery it's in that sort of uh, entrance way um, when you walk up the stairs you can see um, a large version of the communication and uh, literacy tree and we've made little blocks at the bottom says it starts here just to again emphasize to parents that yes we've got the whole tree and at the top of the tree you've got print awareness but it starts at the roots which is the motor development. Okay brilliant and have you had any feedback around it so far? Well again thinking about what entices parents we um, put some photographs of children actually um, doing learning through play uh, in terms of um, achieving these aspects of, of communication literacy and parents have um, commented on how nice it is to see um, to see the children actually and understanding what it takes to um, develop your uh, communication literacy and we're planning to um, now in you know, a sort of these photographs are something that's set in but we're thinking something that's ongoing so we can um, capture parents all the time because we know that sometimes you just put something and that you put a display okay, it, it got an interest to begin with, but then it loses the interest. So we thought we we're gonna put um, a nice big um, flat screen, which we have sitting around, and um, not being used. And we are going to weekly put some photographs of children learning through play and incorporating these aspects of communication literacy.
1: Thank you very much to Lucy for speaking to me there. And um, if you're wondering about the sound quality, that's because we were sat in a corridor with folk walking past us. Um, next time I will try to be more organized. Okay, on to now um, our conversation with Isla, and hopefully some of the mysteries behind the tree will be unravelled. Hi, Isla. Hello,
0: Bex, and everybody else (laughs) listening to
1: the podcast. (laughs) Okay, so could you give us a bit of an overview of the thinking behind um, the work that's happening, and then we'll go on from there.
0: Okay, so... At the moment, um, in the City of Edinburgh, we're looking at our strategic plan around supporting self-evaluation. And the current focus is um, communication and literacy. There's lots of interest in this from other services, notably OTs and speech therapists, so joint working has been part of our approach from the outset, so that any guidance um, and any, any work that we do is uh, as robust as it, as it possibly can be, um, and that all the professionals supporting children and families have an understanding of each other's roles and the key messages that, we, that we're that we giving are kind of universal ones so that we're not contradicting each other or... Yeah, that's great um, isn't
1: it? So everyone's on the same page about the approaches yes, to take.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, so where we are at the moment, we have handed out the book, The Essentials of Literacy, um, authors Jenny, Spratt and Tina Bruce, um, and we've created a, a literacy tree um, kind of from from some of the key messages in that book because the book is about the importance of growing towards literacy skills. Um, literacy is traditionally defined as, as reading and writing. So you can't jump to the top of the tree, you need to grow your motor development and so on in order to be able to be a successful reader and writer.
1: Ah okay, so it's that sort okay. of idea of making sure that we've got the foundations there before we try to go yes. and spring right to the top.
0: Yes. Super. So we've gathered a working group. Um, to look in more detail at some of the essential aspects that make up the tree um, and that that work's going to be ongoing throughout the year.
1: Super. Okay, so can you give us a bit more information about the headings on the tree and maybe a little bit of kind of a, an unpicking of what each heading contains? Okay, um,
0: just briefly. It starts with motor development because that's obviously absolutely key from babies upwards. Um, Movement and literacy are, are profoundly interconnected and children need time and rich opportunities to experiment and explore the world around them. Um, building up core strength, building arm strength and movement um, is really essential for children later to be able to master writing skills. Uh, coordination of movements, large and small, so fine which skills do matter too, is really vital. Um, so this is a kind of fundamental, that's why it's starting at the bottom of the tree, that's the core, that's the trunk of the tree. Next tile is Early Language and then the next one is Relating to Others, but those two are so interconnected that I'm going to talk about those together. Um, I mean basically children learn to talk by talking, so children need adults around them who want to listen um, and who are tuning in and really sensitive to, to what they're hearing. Um, there's a whole well-being aspect to yeah. this. A very nurturing, sort of building positive relationships, warm relationships.
1: I suppose that starts from the kind of babbling stages as well, not just when there's. Yes, it's absolutely. It's our
0: youngest children. Yeah. It's babies as soon as they're born. Not that we have babies as soon as they're born, but you know that that journey starts very very early. Um. So yes, and as adults, we have a role in listening and supporting and extending children's language because language development is fundamental to to. Becoming ourselves, becoming the best of ourselves, um, becoming really effective learners too.
1: Great. Um, and alongside it, there's that kind of caveat, isn't there, that there's, communication takes different forms. Absolutely. Um, and so we need to make sure that we are valuing all yes. of the different types of communication that our children offer us. So we've called it communication
0: and literacy, um, because the ways that we communicate are, are very personal to, to us and they all have value. Super. Next tile is um, Play and Creativity and Becoming a Symbol Maker and User. mean, um, there's lots and lots in there, but basically play opens up the world of literacy for children. Children need lots and lots of opportunities to experiment um, with narrative and characters and to learn how stories work, you know, what's my story about, who's in it, where do I start, what happens next, um, and then, and then, and then, um, and where do I stop? And for, from the listener's point of view, what, what do they need to be able to understand what I'm talking about? Um, and children need to revisit stories, uh, sequence stories they're familiar with, all the work that we do, you know, all the opportunities that we offer to children um, right across the nursery through, through dance, through block play, through traditional areas like the, your home corner, your role play. These are all giving children opportunities to build that understanding and narrative that's so important.
1: Yeah, it helps them to make sense of the world, doesn't it? That whole idea of them processing and and reliving and working their way through things. Yeah,
0: because it's 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 also my stories, not just familiar stories, and kind of written stories, but my stories, the stories that I tell about me and my world and and how I see it, nice. which are really important. So the other part of that is becoming a symbol maker and a symbol user. Um, so there's a real journey for children to make in terms of understanding how symbols work. Symbols stand for something else, um, and children need lots and lots of, of kind of experimenting and play opportunities to to kind of work through. Um, you know that's that's a real thing that stands for something, um, moving from kind of concrete to abstract, maybe from three D to um, two dimension. You know the the examples that we used. Um, that we were talking about at uh, Quality Matters was, was a horse, if you have a real, living, breathing, smelly horse. Um, the kind of next bit on the journey towards, towards symboli- you know, a symbolic understanding might be to have a toy horse, which has a lot of the characteristics of the horse, but it's obviously a representation of the horse, it's not actually a horse. You might have a photograph, you're moving into two dimensions, you might then have a, a drawn image um, and then eventually, towards the end of that, you're, you're you're moving into letters and sounds and the word horse, which, you know, is quite a long, long way away from the the, the kind of smelly, living, breathing, massive mm-hmm. horse, but represents it, um, in a very abstract way. So children need lots and lots of of play around using symbols and uh, and making symbols for that to make sense to them.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's it's quite kind of Interesting to think, isn't it, that actually just the act of playing with a 3D representation is actually somewhere close to getting or or on the journey to becoming able to be uh, a decoder of yeah. the letters H O R S E. Yeah, to look at H O R S E and for that to carry a meaning
0: that that in, somewhere in their head says, oh yeah, that's a big smelly living breathing horse. Um, so the next one is mark making. Um, there's a physical element to that. You know, part of the motor development is is you know developing that core strength, arm strength, and so on. The being able to pivot your joints, your elbow joints, your your wrist, um, develop the fine motor skills in order to be able to hold a. It's not necessarily a pencil, but anything that you're going to mark make with. There's also the symbolic element to that. Um, children moving from experimenting with making marks to drawing with more detail to playing with letter shapes, and then moving into recognizable letter forms, underpinned by lots and lots and lots again of play opportunities where they can take ownership of this and um, see themselves as, as drawers and writers um, through all those different mark making experience. And there, there's an element that we didn't really talk about that is actually important is, you know, drawing is, is a very sort of open system. Drawing can be anything, where handwriting is a closed system. Handwriting is, you know, the recreation of the symbols that, that are are the conventional symbols that carry that meaning, and the children need lots and lots and lots of of the open system before you move into the the closed system. Mm -hmm. Great. So the next one is sound, the importance of sound, rhythm and rhyme. Um, And this is one that we know very well, that children need lots and lots of chances to play with patterns and sounds of language, as as curriculum for excellence would put it, um, before they can start breaking down language into individual sounds. Um, they need to be able to hear similarities and differences they need to be able to identify individual sounds in a, in a, in a fun way through rhymes and songs before they're going to be able to start using that in a, in a more structured way mm. to, to decode language um, in a sort of reading situation if you like
1: yeah. Linda Keith had some really nice examples of just those sorts of silly language games that can start off you know I've got a cat on a mat I've got an ant in my pant I've got you know and it just went on yeah um, I
0: think yeah. names are great I was Isla Pila for years, <laughs> years. Uh, and there's lots in the book actually about rhyme and particularly using finger rhymes sort of linking that that motor with with um, rhyme so lots of things to you know once you have the book go back and look at um, very helpful good And the last thing on our tree, right at the top of the tree, the bit that you can't jump to without doing all the other bits, um, is print awareness and reading. So children need lots of experiences of um, Mm. sort of the book book concepts as part of that. Um, And then, you know, all these building blocks that we've been talking about will also feed into uh, becoming a really, a reader who just loves books and stories because that's what we want.
1: Yeah up there the, I think there's that key thing that you talked about earlier was the nurture, wasn't it? because' there not the, there's some research, I think it was from the Book Trust about the kind of neurochemical things that happen when kids could in <laughs> for a cuddle and a story. a studdle. that would be the new word for a cuddle and a story. But that and the, then it's that association of the book with that feeling that kind of helps to promote that positive attitude towards literacy. Yeah. in the wider sense. Great okay so if um, anyone wanted more information where should they go what should they do
0: uh, they can contact me or they can find they'll find the literacy tree on the blog the working group um, I've sent a, an email to the working group and we, we're going to be gathering after Christmas um, and looking at unpicking some of this work and developing further guidance that will sit underneath all of these various headings on our tree uh, because In early years, we are a professional learning community, and I'm actually really looking forward
1: to this next part. That sounds really interesting. Super. Okay, so if you haven't seen a copy of The Essentials of Literacy by Tina Bruce and Jenny Spratt, you can contact the Early Years team, and um, we'll see if we can find your settings copy. Okay, thank you very much, Isla. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) <laughs> and here we are at the final section of the podcast and we are going to hear from the teacher from Claremiston nursery ross on some practice that he and his team have been developing
3: I'm Ross Donald Hewitt. I'm the nursery teacher here at Clermiston. So Ross got in contact with me
1: after the last podcast to say that he had some things that he and the early level team had been developing here, and um, I'm here to find out a bit more about it. So Ross, what is it that you have been up to here?
3: Well, really, uh, we were looking at how we could better engage uh, parents and carers um, in their children's learning uh, and to help them support their children, particularly in literacy and numeracy, outside school and nursery um, in their everyday lives as well.
1: Great. OK, so a laudable aim and one that lots of others are trying to do as well. So how? what was the first thing that you decided to do
3: well first thing we we sort of did was we looked at what we already do in terms of parental engagement um, and where the barriers were and we found that often some parents were apprehensive about coming across the threshold into the school or into the nursery uh, for sessions that we'd put on Um, so we thought about how could we get our message out to parents in a way that's accessible in a way that people uh, who maybe don't drop off their children um, um, at the school gate um, because they're working uh, could do so we've set up a, a youtube channel uh, which we called learning boosts and i've worked uh, with my two colleagues uh, at the time who were teaching primary one last year uh, leanne barry and sophia uh, wiederman um, to develop short video clips online um, usually about two or three minutes long Um, for parents to view at a time and review any time that they they wanted to, uh, to give them a bit more support.
1: Okay, and what were the kinds of um, things that were covered in the Learning Boost?
3: So um, we've uh, focused a bit on literacy and numeracy. We started off um, with actually just enjoying books and getting across the importance of enjoying books, how uh, parents can get more out of uh, reading a story with their child, whether it's at bedtime or another time that's convenient, little tips about Types of questions they could ask and how they could play with the story with their child um, to to broaden uh, their children's experience of literacy at home as well. Um, we also went into things that are more sort of towards the primary one sort of focus of literacy. So explaining things even when it comes to blending and segmenting, where uh, the primary one uh, parents might be helping their children at home with homework. Uh, and although that's not nursery focused, a lot of the nursery parents who've watched them have said, "Oh, it's really." handy to see where the learning is going based on their uh, understanding of sounds and words uh, in nursery and how that will move on into primary one.
1: Great. That sounds really interesting. Have you had much feedback from parents around And how they used
3: it? Yes, yeah, we have. It's been really positive, actually, in terms of that. Uh, We didn't just set up the YouTube channel, though, because we thought that actually some things are quite uh, good to be able to demonstrate and have the opportunity for parents to ask questions uh, as well. So we've been running sort of monthly sessions. Uh, We've called them Early Learning Together. It's been really informal for parents. Uh, We've run them between our two afternoon bells. So when the primary ones and twos would go out, uh, and then the primary, the, the older children get picked up later. We have a 20-minute period, um, so essentially we'd hook the parents in uh, after they dropped off their P1 parents, and the nursery parents were really good at coming along too to this session. Um, we would give them a, a sort of five, ten-minute sort of uh, session about what we were doing or what we were focused on, uh, and show them some resources, books, and have that bit of time to chat to parents too.
1: That's great, it's, and having that opportunity just to get to know each other. Um...
3: Yeah, and I think actually for a lot of parents, um, the fact that they were there at the gate and they were just invited in with biscuits, the children were very keen to come back in and show their parents into the classroom as well for the primary one parents. The nursery children, if they'd been picked up by that point, were quite keen to come in too, because they visit our P1 classrooms um, uh, during different sessions as well.
1: Oh, lovely. So you're kind of starting that transition for them really nicely and early as well.
3: We do, yeah. So we, throughout the year, we actually run sessions between the nursery and the P1s and sort of mixed P1 and nursery groups, um, sort of free play, but sort of sometimes based on a story together and then that option, but in the different P1 classrooms as well as the nursery, nice. which helps the, the children get used to what a P1 classroom looks like and feels like a bit more too.
1: Okay, that sounds really exciting. So um, what's the plans for the future then? How are you taking this forwards?
3: So um, Leanne and Sophia are now off working in different schools. However, we're still continuing to record um, some of the Learning Boost videos together. We're just meeting up more regularly um, and uh, using some of our our time uh, together in the evenings uh, to record and edit things. uh, And then uh, we're releasing them throughout the year too. Um, we've got a bit more of a focus on uh, sort of including more numeracy this year as well. And we're looking at sort of real life numeracy opportunities, even going out to sort of places like the supermarket and recording in the supermarket with like really, <laughs> really fun things that, that, that parents can do with their child when they're doing the shopping as well to, to help them in terms of sort of basics of counting as well. Great. So. What
1: a lovely context to be doing that with. That yeah. sounds really good. So what's the YouTube channel if people are interested in getting...
3: Yes, certainly. The the YouTube channel is called, it's youtube.com forward slash learningboosts. And you can see all the previous videos are on there. You can subscribe and like and share. We are aware there are other um, nurseries and schools using them um, in other parts of Edinburgh. And we've seen on Twitter, just by chance, uh, some in the Highlands and Dumbarton and uh, other parts of the country that have just cottoned on to it and are sharing it with parents. Um, we're we're not precious about it. you know. We've made it to, to be a resource that parents and carers can use um, so uh, we're happy for people to share it uh, and use it themselves in their own settings too.
1: Fantastic, that's really exciting. Um, thank you very much for sharing what the work that you've been doing and do go no and problem. check out the channel. That's great. Thank- the Learning Boost is such a lovely way to get families involved with the life of um, their child's education in a setting um, so do check them out and see if they could be of use to you. If parent engagement is something that you're um, thinking about developing, there's a couple of really great places to go. Connect.scott has got an awful lot of suggestions and um, case studies around about successful partnership working. And Dr. Janet Goodall, um, is absolutely worth a google she has um, made her career out of um, the study around family engagement and partnership working and how we frame that to make it really successful so i would recommend having a look at um, those okay thank you so much to all of the guests this week Um, it's been delightful to hear other voices. If you would like to be involved in the podcast, please email me and let me know what aspects of practice you'd like to explore. And um, our next podcast is going to be a special about the Zero to Threes conference that was held um, just at the beginning of November there. So we'll be hearing from the fantastic team that put that together. Okay, thank you so much for listening. It's been a pleasure. Cheery, bye. A bit of 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 a
0: bit of a 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 A bit of 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 a bit of
2: a bit of 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 a